This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's a new day in the workroom and we're here to give you all of the gossip that you need around the latest episode of Dragula Season 4 and Canada Season 2. So come on in, sit yourself down, get comfortable, warm up the ear holes and get ready for a, for a, two excellent episodes, actually. Mm. And, you know, last week we said with Dragula, so we're going to start with Canada and a moment that I never thought would actually ever happen, which is one of the most prominent black men in my life quotes one of the four other prominent black men in my life RuPaul quotes Drake did not see that one coming did not see that one coming no <laughs> also I feel like Drake has been teetering on the brink of cancellation mm. for like a while I'm gonna say years yeah like I when I did, used to do it for another podcast about music we stuck with Drake all the time but I think since maybe about 2017 I have wound back my love for him and it was all around that Millie Bobby Brown sort of weird relationship that they had and then when he only came out with his girlfriend like oh I'm dating this new model once she turned 18 that I was like no Drake this isn't good Uh, yeah I I sort of like I mean I always thought he seemed a bit weird and could never fully understand why he got like the the prominence that he got but it was in the last while where like these stuff came out so he was obviously on Degrassi the new class which was a sort of a uh, high school based uh, teen program over there and his character was involved in a shooting and ended up in a wheelchair and he then like as the years wore on basically started demanding that they take his character out of the wheelchair because it was making him look soft and I'm like if that is how insecure you are like if that is how insecure you are that you were like worried that like the fact that you're playing a person in a wheelchair and like also that really speaks to very negative um views around Ableism. people living with disabilities. Mm. So, you know, basically Drake can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, he was basically a Javier Calvo <laughs> of first. Drake playing that that wheelchair character in that popular team. Yeah. So. yeah, well look, he's popular because he basically yeah. revolutionized what hip hop music sounds like today. And I was really loving the music and I found him incredibly hot. So that was just a, a, a winning combination. Even, even when eyes. you saw pictures of him in the wheelchair? I wasn't aware of his wheelchair work until, uh, I wasn't aware of his work until the music, to be honest. I, Degrassi yeah. passed me by. But you know, yeah. looking back when he's a bit younger in the wheelchair, I'm like, you're not unattracted. But um, yes. So anyway, RuPaul quotes Drake inside this episode, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. And yeah, it caught me off guard, I must say. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, I guess that that is probably a signifier that RuPaul is now recording about eight thousand of those little intros for the various franchises around here, mm. um, and he just is having to reach out to other artists for inspiration. Because I think he's in the he's same to, like, drag in all of them. Steal it's, it's the same drag in the Talking Head in UK and Canada. I think that would not. I I would not be surprised by yeah. that. Like that, they just is like one day basically given over to getting into like you know, basic black dress drag in order to kind of do a load of uh, intros and outros for for various challenges. Yeah, wondering in one day... At a certain point, they're going to have to get onto ABBA so that they can find out how they did the, like, the... That's what got onto ABBA so they can find out how they did the... um, the whatchamacallits, the holograms, and then that avatars. the avatars, and then just get it, make a, a, a RuPaul dragatar, and that can do all that work. Yeah, holoroo. 
and you just appear with this like if you can't love yourself <laughs> how in the hell can you love somebody else can i get an amen up in here you know yes queen <laughs> <laughs> you have a love-hate relationship with the library challenge how did you find uh this one some very very funny reads in this one i have to say and like so my love-hate relationship with the reading challenge comes from the fact that oftentimes i find it's the same jokes recycled and i heard a couple of original ones like i think my favorite joke i've had in the in the library challenge or the reading challenge for the last several seasons was when isis said to um to to eve 6000 never be ashamed of who you are that's your parents job i was like Mm. that floored me i was like that is just such a a different i've never heard that joke before i've never it it was just like this is original it feels very funny it's very new it's also not kind of picking on like the big girl for being a big girl but it's like i i loved that i did think like overall this is probably the best reading challenge i've seen in a number of seasons Okay, interesting. I was not impressed overall. Like I don't I didn't find myself laughing much. I did count that there was zero fat jokes, so I thought that was good. I was like, that's the first time I think that's happened in a, in a season. Um yeah, the only one I really liked was Cynthia when she said you can take the girl out of Brooklyn, but it takes three to six months for the or the girl out of LA, but it takes three to six months for the yeah. LA to dissolve from the girl. I thought that was good. I was sort of surprised when Isis won. I didn't see that one coming. Um so yeah, I don't know. I was a bit disappointed by this one. Overall, now I'm now I'm struggling because I like literally finished watching it about ten minutes ago and I can't really remember anything. So maybe I'm uh, I, I'm I'm more over um, maybe I'm more overexcited than I should be. But no, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was like humorous right the way through, and there was a couple of times where I genuinely laughed. I liked the the grey tit joke that they did at, mm. at, at um, Kylie Gender. I thought that was funny. I loved when Isis read back um, at like I think the reason that Isis won was for reading back at I can't remember who it was. Was like take it was was, was doing a read of them and they were like you know i'm you know nobody's laughing at your joke but anyway yeah, yeah. I, I i i thought it was like the back and forward and kind of like the sense of a group who were kind of like close enough to be able to take the piss out of each other but sensitive enough of each other's like actual kind of you know pinch points not to like start going at anything that would really hurt someone but i mm. i thought it was very funny and obviously it set us up now for this new format of of this new format of sort of reading challenge and snatch game being done Together. kind of like in episode three or like early in the in the season, which I I think possibly is not the best decision to make because like I think that those who separated would have more punch. Be my feeling. Mm, yeah, no, possibly, and they are kind of similar enough in a certain way, but I think they're both like the the most prominent comedy challenge. People like them together. But what I was going to say was, you know. When we spoke with the reading challenge in UK, I have a pretty low expectations for that. So that's why I was kind of pleasantly surprised. I thought season three had the best one of a bad bunch. So, But I did have higher expectations for the Canada library because I thought season one was quite good. I thought Priyanka and Lemon had some of the some really, really strong ones from last season. So I'll, although I'm a bit disappointed, it's, it's still better than the UK one. I just have misaligned mm-hmm. expectations for both. Uh, yeah, well, I'll give it to you that. I think that it was hearing some original content made me enjoy this at a level probably much more than than it deserved to be overall. But no, mm. good job for those girls. Did you feel the same for Snatch Game? No, um, I didn't think this was a great Snatch Game. 
I'm going to go ahead and say one of the worst Snatch games. And I'm going to say it's because the edit was very strange. I feel. Yeah. And again, I don't want to be like a basic bitch audience member, which is like, you need to tell me when to laugh. But they've kind of established the cues in Snatch Game for the audience that you're supposed to be like, okay, that was what the judges thought were good. That was what the judges were, thought were bad. And I just remember noticing like when the first two, Kimora and Pythia as Grimes and Leslie Jones came out, they were playing the the wah wah music effectively, like the the fail music. And then you find out that they're the two that did the best. And when I listen to it, like Pythia calls uh Brooke Jane Lynch straight off the bat, oh hey Jane Lynch, you know, and that that's a that's that's a funny moment because Brooke laughs but doesn't get the musical response to it. And then Kamora mate basically makes the same joke, which is hey why through Paul. And then I think uh Isis or Kendall make a similar joke as well and it was all I don't know it was just the way they edited Ellen, uh, Ellen. Yeah. yeah you're right it was all just a bit confusing like I wasn't sure who was I seeing who was I not supposed to seeing we see Chris Jenner once in the whole thing and that's when she's introduced I don't think she gets one of the line in the whole thing and it was just all very strange yeah I I was very uncertain about like I was very uncertain about like who I was being told. The the only one I knew I was being told was good was Rachel Zoe. Um yeah. and he didn't need to be told. Yeah, well that was yeah, that's true. That was good, that was entertaining, it was funny. So like that one was the only one that I was like, right, I'm certain I understand what's going on here. And I was certain that Suki was bad. So like those are the two in it that I was kind of like like say like it turned out obviously the Pythia was in the, the top, but I was sort of like I wasn't I, I didn't pick up that from mm. the because like that really long joke about like i gave birth to a laptop and then they can decide if they want to be a pc or whatever and they're like shitting nuts and bolts i was like like as that was going on i was like i don't know whether this is going to get the wah 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 or the <laughs> edit at the end of it um yeah and, and i also like i've i've seen like more interesting kind of like i've seen more interesting kind of like version like versions of grimes having the piss taken out of her you know um yeah no obviously like, a lot of those should are be playing... the communist manifesto thing which is where she was like which has only <laughs> happened recently but yeah <laughs> even just like the, the content like obviously she, yeah fair enough she did make the joke about the baby's name that's kind of like the really big tabloid meme moment of her but i think she was trying to play grimes the same way katia played bjork and you know, there's yes, a very weird very. niche spot between just too weird and funny and Cassia can sit in there perfectly. Like, that's her whole drag character. I don't think Pythia has that yet. But also, like, the, you 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 look back and I think, was it, um, like, Shane Denburn, when we had him on for UK Snatch Game, basically said that if he was going to be doing a Snatch Game, he would look for someone who had done the character, found the humour and kind of just do a version mm. of that. And, like, that's what Katia did with Bjork was take Kirsten Wiig's version of Bjork from Saturday Night Live, as, like, many of the best Snatch games have basically just been reinterpretations of Saturday Night Mm -hmm. Live characters. Um, So, like, you kind of had that humour already developed for you, whereas with this version of Grimes, like, it just felt sort of... I don't know. Like, it it was one note... I suppose if you want to take something that was thrown around by the worst judge in drag race history, Connor Jessup, who I absolutely fucking despised, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was, he was dull. And even like Kimora Moore's Leslie Jones. I mean, we, we saw Heidi in Closet, who's incredibly funny, not particularly succeed with that. And I think someone like Leslie Jones, like Sophia Vergara, who's incredibly naturally funny as it is, you know, and it's kind of the same people fall into, which is you need to make them, 
either funnier or wackier than they already are, which is going to be tough. But that's why I think that it, you you should never try and do a like a, a a comedian or someone who has that natural humor unless you are actually going to be able to be funnier than them. Like because it's not like as if like Leslie Jones doesn't rely on catchphrases, doesn't rely on you know, doesn't rely on kind of like particular ticks or whatever in order to be funny. Like she is just like fair enough. She has the big booming voice, and her mm. delivery often is kind of like Rah! but like in all that, she's very 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 funny. And she has, like, a unique spin or take on things. And she always has, like... Like, you can't go, like, zany or wacky with Leslie Jones because her humour is always actually, like... It is sort of, like, over the top, but all wrapped up in, like, a, like a well-constructed joke or something that, like, actually is, yeah. like, making a point. So... And it's the same with Sofia Vergara, where it's like, yeah, the accent and the tits are part of the package, but actually it's her innate humour that makes her... Which is why we've never had a successful Sofia Vergara on Drag Race. Yeah. Because they rely too much on the tits and the animal print and they don't actually realise that this is a woman who's very, very funny. Yeah, and I think actually they're, they're both two really interesting characters because I think they both lean into the stereotypes of their ethnicity to make the to make the humour. Like, I think a lot of, you know, Leslie Jones is very like your man, uh, Kevin Hart, in a way. Like, it's very similar sort of humour, that sort of real sort of the, the, the black expressions and there's sort of real black culture that's tied up in her comedy. And I think you see the same with Sofia Vergara as well. She leans into her Latina, you know, character to make the comedy. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've sort of already made themselves, a, a, I wouldn't say a parody, but they've kind of amped up elements of themselves to make themselves funny. So yeah, it's not really going to work, I don't think. Another black mark for me was Isis's La Veneno, who now I know a lot about because of Drag Race Spain. Uh, thank you, thank Drag you Race Spain. Thank you very much, Supreme Deluxe. Uh, like, the fir- like, first thing to do is to undermine the, ca- like, to break the fourth wall. Like, this isn't very good, and nor is my accent. I just think you can't take the character seriously from that point on. And to do it in the first line that she's given is a, is a big no-no for me. And I think Rue would have hated that and put her in the bottom. Yeah, I also think that kind of like there was the the touching moments between Brooke and and Isis speaking about how like this interpretation or the decision to do Le Veneno was because Isis's drag mother was a um Isis's drag mother was a trans woman and like she had been raised by trans queens and sort of wanting to do this sort of out of a respect for them as well because this is like a trans performer from a similar background and heritage. So like I was kind of like well that's nice but then to kind of just come out and focus so solely in on the sexualization of the individual and not try and like show off their like wit charm their humor Mm. not to try and like elevate the character above just basically being a cock destroyer like I I, that's kind of with me where I was like this is like again Connor Jessup you're right one note (laughs) (laughs) yeah well we can talk about why I hated that man in a few minutes but anyway Bernie Sanders is a good character to choose, I think. They just didn't find the fun with it. They, I'm not really sure what the fun is yet. I probably would need to have a look at some skits, skits or whatever. Oh, I was... No, I was thinking about this. Like, I was kind of saying, like, okay, so... Like, I was thinking about it. I was like, Bernie Sanders is a brilliant, brilliant character. I think he is rife for a Snatch Game sort of thing. And I'm not gonna... I, I, would, I would not be surprised if we see another version of him on an American Snatch Game that will be actually iconic. Because, mm. like, I was thinking, like, when it was like, what should you... What did, like... Like, what is it that drag queens need was one of the questions. It's like, well, they need paid maternity leave because they're going around having all these drag babies and they're not even getting leave for it. It's like, 
like, you know, play into the socialism, but also tie in some of the, like, there was lots of funny thing, whereas it's kind of like, Holtka! Like, you know, like, he got, like, also, like, that, like, the, the outfit was perfect. I actually thought yeah. that he got done dirty with not getting a laugh given for the, like, the fact he had the mask on and saying, oh, I'm double vaccinated. Like, that sort of, you know, mm. I, 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 there was elements within that performance that were super nuanced and incredibly, like, well-attuned. What we saw of the answers was flat, but I, I really think that's a character who is, like, perfect for uh, uh, another Snatch Game performance at some point in, in the American one. Yeah, they just uh, hadn't got the jokes crafted in time. It was kind of like, what would Bernie say? Well, Bernie would say healthcare, but where's the joke? That was the only thing that was missing. That, that the, the last yeah. and possibly more important, most important step. Yeah, no, exactly. exactly. Uh, so the two best for me by notable was Jim Carrey and Rachel Zoe. Yeah, I, I I very much enjoyed the Jim Carrey. Um, unexpected, mm. uh, very like sort of it was more Ace Ventura Pet Detective than Jim Carrey, but I I was into it. Um, and I just thought Rachel Zoe was above like was like above everyone, like sort of a shining star above the entire entire uh, snatchosphere. <laughs> yeah, I was getting. Alexa's uh, rose off in, in bits as well. Like when she'd turn her head one way, drink from the coffee and then head over the shoulder. I thought that was like, that was a real sort of Alexis Rose sort of moment flourish in it as well, which I thought was fun. No, absolutely. Like basically, I, I think that Ra- really Rachel Zoe was the only character that was sort of like good on the, the panel because I, I did find the like Jim Carrey jumping up and dancing around in front of the stage thing kind of annoying. Like, I I, th- I just, I always find that, like, sort of when they, like, try and do, like, that physical element of it, I, I don't love it. But overall, I did find his answers quite funny. I It worked for me because I think that's what Jim Carrey would do, and Jim Carrey is annoying for that reason. But I think the fact that he got up, he went up, he did that thing, and then he sat back down again, and then kind of switched. Like, you could almost see the Jim Carrey switch off into, I'm going to be still Jim Carrey now. Which I thought was good because it was like, hey, I'm going to have my moment, but then I'm going to sit down. It wasn't like Snooky on a Snook Snook where it was like just taking over the stage. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to just destroy everyone else's game by just like jumping around the place. Yeah. Snooky mm. wants to smush smush. Jiggly Caliente, <laughs> you've come so far. <laughs> and also I think it was a great opportunity for Jade to show that she had the character down in the walk and everything. Like it's something that you often don't need to do for Snatch Game because you're just sitting there. So I think it did get it. It was yeah. a good opportunity to, to show off. So I was absolutely baffled that they weren't they weren't in the top. Um, now that had been spoiled for me on Instagram that they weren't in the top. But like that and the, the Austin Powers runway, I thought were both really strong. Oh my god, that Austin Powers runway was amazing. Yeah. Like I mean, like that was probably my favorite of the more than the, Moira Rose the, the runways this week was. I I loved Moira Rose. <laughs> Actually, no, that was also brilliant. Yeah, no, you're right, Clara Mandrake. I mean, where would you get it? I I do hope, I do hope that that doesn't mean we're not getting a night of a thousand Moira Roses. Though I suspect yeah, I it, does it does mean that. Yeah. Um, because the Night of a Thousand Moira Roses would be unless Pythia has also brought that like phenomenal like the the Pope wedding <laughs> look and it's like I can throw away my Clara Mandrake for this because I've got this coming down the, the runway for for a Night of a Thousand Moira Roses but yeah I mean I'm not sure we're getting a Night of a Thousand Anyone's based on this runway challenge that was kind of like a Night of a Thousand Canadian Idols choose your choose your poison um, which again was, was, was fun we got a few different ones 
which I didn't mind. I just didn't know a whole lot of them. Um, I didn't know Sandra Oh was Canadian, so that was that was news to me. I also didn't know that, uh, but I Suki Doll. Suki Doll looks so like, good, phenomenal. Looked so good. I mean, yeah, and I loved the like weird, huge buttons on the on the coat. Like it, it was like a great look. I really enjoyed it. Joe, I would. I know um, she was playing I, Sandra Oh as a character in something else. I can't remember the reference, but. I just love Sandra and the Princess Diaries when she's like, Gupta, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Queen is coming. <laughs> I mean, that's iconic. <laughs> that's... Um, I also very much enjoyed... Um, I keep going to say Boa because <laughs> because Eve 6000 and Boa have the same face in my head. But, <laughs> um, but I, I very much... In- yeah, now my, I did not find the wig flat, but I did find it, like, I thought it was too long. Because, like, that character had, like, kind of very sharp, kind of short hair, if I'm correct. Mm. Like, it was kind of, like, to the, like, it was to the neck. Yeah, it was a, a bob. No? Yeah, exactly. So I was kind of a bit like, that's what the thing. I, sorry, this is just to, to, to because I've, I've re- referenced it now a number of times. Uh, your man, Connor, when a judge comes along and thinks, oh, I'm the celebrity. I'm here. This is my moment. Mm. It's like, no, you're not, bitch. You are here to be part of these queens moments. Like Alicia Dixon just demonstrated beautifully on, uh, on Drag Race UK. You were there to celebrate the artistry of these queens. And if you mm. don't know what you're talking about, give generic feedback or give some sort of like, you know, talk about the performance in a Snatch game. If, if indeed you are an actor, you may be able to say like your characterization, but don't come along and be like, oh, your wig is flat or this. You know, like I, I find that very annoying. Like this kind of like, oh, assuming that actually sitting there on that panel on the judges panel makes you a judge it doesn't make you a judge it makes you a celebrity yeah. brought in to add a bit of color and flair to it celebrate these queens and build them up don't come in with like bullshit feedback when you don't know like i actually thought it was really good in the like untucked bit when pithy was like he's not a fucking drag queen he doesn't know what he's talking about like i was like that's an mm. important thing to state but i i just i did not enjoy him i wish that it had the broman guy from snatch game the snatch game panel just mm. on the main judging panel just for both of them. Yeah. Rather than having the other cool. guy on. Yeah. And I think uh, it'd be interesting to know, like, like Brooke, their seasoned drag queen sitting on the panel. Here's like, you know, know-it-all guest judge say, your wig is flat. And presumably Brooke is, is like, well, I wouldn't say it's flat, but then it's like, guest judge, I can't really wind up the talent that's here. I can't really say anything. Like, yeah. that must be a difficult position to be in. It would be. It would be. Uh, on the subject of judges... Mm-hmm. I think Kylie Gender's Stacey McKenzie was so yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. I, I did enjoy that. Really enjoyed that. Um, even though I was kind of like, I could see, because th- that was the, the what she wore in the like thumbnail for Canada season one. But I was like, what is the essence of Stacey McKenzie? And I was like, yeah, she had the sort of braided hair, but I was like, she definitely doesn't have just that elegance that Stacey had. You know, Stacey could wear anything and look fantastic in it. I definitely don't think uh, yeah. Kendall had that, but it was definitely a great odd and bit of fan service for the show, I thought. The, the people I didn't know were Adriana's Vanessa Morgan, who is an actress in Riverdale, which I don't watch. Um, Cynthia's Jeannie Becker, who just reminded me of Robin from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, Robin, Robin Sparkles. Sparkles. But I feel like as if that's the, I feel like as if that, like, I'm guessing now that the Robin character mm. in How I Met Your Mother must have been like, ref- like a, a reference to, or kind of, you know, to that. But yeah, I really loved it. I could, you could see instantly, it's like, that's like a 90s red carpet 
um kind of person like you you read that immediately from them um i loved the look but i didn't yeah. have a clue who the person was but and again i also got that robin sparkles kind of um link yeah, yeah. and then there was uh deborah cox uh josephine baker from kimura and more so overall like quite strong i can't really think of a of like a straight up dud look i mean i guess ice is by comparison to suki but still like that that's what a nurse's costume with the cape and stuff like it was still like good i am forever going to be sad that no one walked out there wearing the big leopard print dress thingy from shania twain like i am like <laughs> that, that that don't impress me with much look would have been oh, so yeah. perfect on fantastic that yeah. yeah or you know what even like you know skater boy avril lavigne i'd have been down for that too hmm yeah, life's like this. Uh, but look, maybe maybe they're saving it for like maybe they think, well, you know, Avril might get her own Night of a Thousand. Well, you wouldn't get Night of a Thousand Avrils, would you? But yeah, you would get Schneider Twain possibly. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah that you is. You true. would want those those bigger icons, but that's just being greedy, I guess. They they're probably they were all probably trying to think a bit outside the box because they didn't want to end up with a kimono issue. Uh, so yeah, I kind of get that too. So Pythia. Cynthia and Kimora are high. Geometric, Kendall and Isis are safe. And Eve, Adriana and Sukidal are low. Now, based on the Snatch game, like I kind of had in the Snatch game, they focused too much on the, the queens who were low than the queens who were high. Like I think we saw Adriana stumble a few times. Mm. So based on watching the edit again, it really looks like it set up Adriana to be in the lip sync and then they make her safe last minute, which I didn't necessarily think was fair. No, I got the impression from like the judging when they were talking about it, that they were kind of putting E6000 in the bottom as kind of like a kick up the mm. arse because it was sort of like, you know, we ex- like we, we've seen you flounder. You did quite well last week, so we need you to bring that again. I do think as well that E6000 is getting on my tits because like, She's very moany. She she calls herself out for being a complainer. And I think, you know what? You know, all of us can be guilty of being complainers. Yeah. But it just is like not fun to watch someone consistently kind of be like all up in their feelings and sads and like not kind of like not making any effort to to just kind of get get on with it. You know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. that I, I, Look, I, at, I at least I kind she of knows this, but it doesn't make it any less annoying. Yeah. Um, exactly. She knows it, but it doesn't make it any less annoying. And I feel like as if her ending up in the bottom was much more to do with her consistent performance throughout the competition rather than like this specific, uh, this specific category. Because I think her runway was fine and her, uh, her runway was good and her characterization of Bernie was, was also good, even though her like actual answers were a bit meh. So it would have made much more sense for Suki Doll to be up against um to, to be up against Adriana. Adriana in the bottom. And also, like if you're fr- if you're looking at it from producer's point of view and they want to send Suki Doll home, put her up against Adriana because you're like, well, Adriana just won a challenge, you're not gonna send her home. But they put her up against the person who's been in the bottom two at least once already and low three times, and then you're gonna save her yeah. over Suki Doll, you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, so, I was a bit kind of... And also, like, the lip sync, I didn't feel... Like, I, I didn't feel empowered by the lip sync. I thought, like, I didn't think that I... Like, it wasn't bad by no. any stretch, but it also wasn't amazing. So I don't know, yeah. like, how the hairs were being split in order it was to very make even that decision. Up, like, between the two yeah. of them. Um, and no, look, arguably, 
I know I get get annoyed if the people I like go home and I did like Suki Dahl and I did have high hopes for her. I do think she had a lot more to give. But she was, from what we saw, the worst in the challenge. So I can't really argue with her going home. But I definitely think yeah. there could have been an argue for her to stay over Eve in the lip sync because they seemed pretty even. And I hadn't, I I know that song, but I know a, I know a version of it, which is, a, I believe now, a cover by Alexis Jordan. But I thought that was the original by Alexis Jordan. So now I'll have to go back and discover this Capri version because I hadn't heard that one before. Yeah, I, I mean, I also, like, it, it, it was a song I knew I'd heard, but thought I'd heard, like, I... As I was listening, she was like, this isn't how I know this. And I didn't know who it was I'd mm. heard it from, but I like recognized it. Um, but yeah, I, I do like I did like it. I like how it was introducing me to to a new artist, mm-hmm. you know, someone to go and look back onto. And again, sticking with their Canada based uh, lip sync choices, which yeah. I just think is the model all of the formats should really go for. Celebrate your homegrown artist and homegrown talent. Yeah, absolutely. So overall, how like we like? Do you have anyone who you think's pulling ahead as a winner? It's I still think it's very hard to call. I'm thinking that we're seeing sort of um, I think Pythia, I think Cynthia Kiss, and Geometric are kind of the three that I'm looking at now as kind of being maybe like a little bit more confident. Mm. Um. So I, I wouldn't, I, I think that they're, and I think that it, on the judging panel, they said about Kimura and more kind of coming into her own. So I do feel like probably that's like a, a, a an ode of things to come. So perhaps like she's another one to keep an eye on. Yeah. I, the only person. But it is very I think even. Who's look, kind of possibly cemented themselves into the final is Pythia, really. Like Cynthia obviously fantastic this week, but then she was in the bottom two last week. And yeah, so it's, I don't know, been in flux, but yeah, it's still it is anyone's game, which I think is is exciting. Yeah, yeah, we like we like we like a, a an even playing we field. We we know? don't like where it feels like the fantasies or the destinies have been written for the characters already. Which I guess, and and the more I watch, the more yeah. I think it's, it is a difficult job they have because they have to make it feel justified when the final people get to the final, but they also want to make the people who get eliminated feel loved. So how do you find the balance of that yeah. based on the material you have? Like, it is tough, to be fair. It is. It is. Yeah. And you also don't want it to feel like a foregone conclusion. Like, we all love season eight and season six. But, you know, there's an element of watching a show when you kind of know who the winner is. So it is more exciting when you have a, a more an evener playing mm. field. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, 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 it it's growing on me. I think... Uh, I was very excited for this season because I really had enjoyed the first season. I maybe felt like when I opened the watched the first episode of it, it hadn't quite grabbed me in in the same mm-hmm. way. But I do think the queens now are growing on me. Sadly, we've lost two of my favorites in the last two weeks. I loved Suki Doll and Stephanie Prince. Like they were bringing an awful lot to the talking heads into the workroom. Um, and yeah, we'll like, I think that they had like a natural charisma that I don't see in some of the other queens. So like, I think that the cast is, is thinning out and a lot of the big characters are kind of gone early on, like mm. with Oceana going as well. Um. So yeah, it could be it could become tedious. Yeah. Well, something that that's staying fresh and is also an even playing field is Dracula. Now, I do have to say this episode three was probably my least favorite of the three, but only because everything else was so great. I found myself not living as much as the judges were for some of the performances. I thought a lot of them were safe. Um. And also, I was wondering that little thing they do after the floor show where the judges just chat 
and then they bring in everybody else. And it's weird because they sort of set up to be like, oh, Jade, she doesn't seem, you know, she's holding back. So I was like, oh, God, Jade's in trouble this week. And then they're like, oh, Jade, you're safe. So it, it was all just a bit, I don't know, they caught me off guard. Yeah, I... Yeah, I was sort of, I was a bit confused by that as well because I, I had felt like the... Yeah, that that whole section where it's like, they they... Because especially because, like, they walk out onto the stage and then they introduce the judges and then they sit down and then they have the floor show and then the judges, the guest judges are gone and then they just chit-chat. It does feel a bit weird, uh, that that little segment. I mean, it's good. I like it because I feel like you, you get kind of a... Like, it, it's almost like you're you're getting... That, their conversation in that moment is about the Queen's performance across the entire series. And then mm. the guest judges come in to specifically talk about the challenge they've just seen. So mm. it kind of gives you an eye on both of the kind of like the trajectories and then also like in the moment. Uh, but yeah, it, it like in this one, I did feel like they spent an awful lot of time talking about Jade and then also Mary Cherry as well. Um, but then like with no real kind of follow through to the to, to the to the end result. But again, yeah. I guess yeah, in a way like they all were like all all of the contestants were, were were in the extermination. So like in a way, you know, Jade had to do her extermination too, even though she wasn't necessarily sort of, um, even though she wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, up for mm. elimination, she still got, she, she was still at risk. We assume, oh no, she wasn't at risk actually, wasn't it? Because they said specifically none of the peep queens, like it was only Saint and... Um, well, they said they were Coco the were. ones who scored the lowest, but they're going to add the scores from the elimination up to the scores of the floor show so i i was confused by that um because the way it's yeah. edited it makes it look like mary couldn't even get on the ball let alone stay on so i was like oh well, maybe mary's going and then you see like coco and but I, like, that, ex- like, that just makes me feel like yeah that just makes me feel like the exterminations just actually don't really count for mm. anything in the like some of them do some of them don't like obviously last week where you had to put your hand into the the thing full of leeches and like when Bitter Betty was like really kind of like you know going for it while um oh my god Astrid uh, Astrid was kind of like only half assing it like you know maybe in that way it did but then with this one like th- like this wasn't really a, like this didn't really feel like kind of a like a something you'd be terrified of like this is a thing pen parties do. <laughs> <laughs> but also the Astrid did do the worst in that challenge anyway so it's like the person who did worse in the challenge has always gone home I think season 3 there yeah. were some people who were saved but um, yeah again so I think if it's challenge by challenge so far this season anyway no one has gone home <clears throat> that didn't deserve to face on the challenge well I, I think even even in season 3 like the only time people who went home that didn't do the worst in the challenge uh, well, was because they refused to participate mm. in the extermination. So, like, they had one where it was like, you have to jump out of a plane, and they were just like, "I'm not doing you that." Can't do this. And yeah. then they got sent home. So, like, you know, like it does. It does seem to be kind of like you know, play the game. If you play the game and you do the thing and you did better than the other person, then you'll be safe. Yeah, yeah, that seems yeah. to be it, all right. Uh. I don't, do you anything you want to talk about before the floor, sh- the f- floor show? Like, I think there was, I thought it was interesting to see how shook Hozo was when Betty came back. They really weren't expecting Betty to come back. Again, the snapping at Sigourney Beaver. They just don't really seem to get her. And every episode, I just think Mary Cherry's going home. Mary Cherry's going home and she doesn't go home. And I don't really understand that. Completely. 
Yeah, I I I find it like it, it just seems to constantly be. I just don't see this like legendary level that supposedly she's at coming through in the drag performances that she's giving, or indeed in the like personality she's giving because her personality seems to be entitled and mean, and kind of like dining out on some reputation that I'm not aware mm. of, and like her looks haven't been very good haven't been executed very well her performances have been sort of weak so i'm like what what is carrying this queen through the competition because i like i think coco's comp- coco kane's um concept execution everything was significantly better than than mary cherry's in this one if you're going to do like a direct comparison to someone who's in the bottom i think saint deserved to be in the bottom i thought that it was one of my least favorite looks like and it was very like it was sort of basically just like a a cow onesie that you might get in pennies with like a cowboy hat on and like some horrible shoes you know so like that was deserved bottom to material yeah it was like black cow not stunning you know you know we'd seen a more sort of kind of edgy look from monique hart Add in the face kini and the sort of horror element. And that might, like, if it was that level, it could have probably worked. But it just looked very small. Very small. Like, that was kind of the, like, like that was kind of the the thing I found about it. It was just, it was very, very small and then felt even like it didn't really fit. And, like, I mean, also those shoes were just unforgivable, honestly. <laughs> like the little like black kitten heels. Like you're you're doing a weird wild wide west thing. Like, you know, find some cowboy boots. Yeah. I think You I, know, if that's if that's your interpretation, find some cowboy I think boots. if you were doing that cow, you it would need to be a reveal. Like the cow turns into some grotesque alien or something like that. That's like sort of xenomorph style or you've been living inside the cow and has emerged yeah. out of it and like has udder between its teeth or something like that. It has to kind of go that way. Oh, completely. Or, yeah, no, I mean, or like kind of like some kind of zombified cowboy mm. thing that like you you need to like bring it to, an, it can't just be sort of like a bad cow onesie. Um, and then you're like, and also like you, you kind of look at it and think, well, where did the time go for the preparation for this? Because no aspect of Saint's like face was visible. So was yeah. Saint just sort of sitting there for like four hours being like, oh yeah, I'll pop my onesie on in a while. Hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It was like, and also to come from such strong performances over the last two weeks to that was kind of like, you know, like it was like, it was like, wow. <laughs> uh, that is a steep, steep cliff. Yeah, absolutely. And with, with Liz Avaletta winning this episode, it means everybody who's won an episode has also been in an extermination, which is a sort of strange, like just to show how even it is. Like it is, yeah. it is very interesting. Um, yeah, let's talk about Mary Cherry's floor show because I suppose we were kind of talking about it a bit already. The one eye mono lash thing did not work for me whatsoever. If she hadn't no, told me, I wouldn't no, have no, understood no. it. Have a look at Blue Hydrangea in season one of UK. That's how you do a one-eyed look. I just thought it was a flop, flop, flop. It really was. And the like the gluing of the the the, the lashes around the the thing, like it only went to amplify how not like constructed well it was like i also like i kind of felt like yeah it didn't even really need it you know like she kind of was doing like the kind of rich prospector lady wife who you know kind of character that we didn't really are like the kind of like the ma'am who runs the brothel like which we didn't have you know like i thought that was a that's a good character to choose like kind of you're going down that road mm. of like deadwood the kind of like uh, brothel ma'am thing fine but you don't need to add the 
Like you don't really need to add the like the Cyclops element to it. You know, there's other. I think she needed to add the the sci-fi because what she had was was more Western. So I think she needed felt she needed to add the sci-fi. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I like I I think that there is there was definitely would have been other ways to add the the sci-fi to it that wasn't um, you know that that yeah oh god yeah, yeah the one eye yeah. yeah it was it was bad very bad and messy like I felt as well I'm because like. <laughs> And like, because like the the like the the veil thing was hanging so like just from one part of the hat, like it wasn't even like an elegant reveal of kind of like a veil over and then like you pull it back or whatever. Like it, there was no like there was there was there was no polish. No. No, I, I arguably possibly the worst thing she's presented. I uh, I would I, I would agree I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> um. I thought Dali sort of struggled in a similar vein, I thought, because I definitely got the bounty hunter video game shooter character, which was reading Wild West for me. But then the face didn't necessarily read. Was it Cyborg? Was it Alien? I wasn't entirely sure. But I felt in that case, because the costume all made by him was so well done, like looked incredibly professional. Yeah. I was like, fair enough. You know, that, that you you win on that front. I, I completely agree. And like, I actually think that the, the judges made a, made a reference to the fact that it, like, that Let's have a letter and Dali looked like they could be kind of like nemesis in a, in a, in a computer game or in a movie. And I'm like, I actually absolutely mm-hmm. believe that. I think they look like both of those were at, another level like they were beyond kind of the the competition it was it was and i i mean i love dally's kind of like crazy makeup i think it like i i love and i also love the fact that this competition celebrates the unique style each individual performer has and doesn't like require them to change so dally does interpretations of that makeup for every challenge which will be fine Mm. for me um but yeah, I, I loved it, actually. Like, I, I, I found that I loved the makeup and thought of that. Like, it added sort of a weird, twisted version to it. I, between La- La Zavalella and Dali, I wouldn't know which was the bad guy and which was the good guy. I was happy with that. Exactly. Though. That's what, what gives you a good opportunity for a bait and switch halfway through where you think you're following the goodie, but you're actually following the bad Exactly. <laughs> Exciting. Let's take a moment, actually, to, like... Big pour a glass up for the bookers for this season for getting Trixie Mattel and Orville Peck as the guest judges. I mean, come on. Oh, I mean, can we please? I mean, that was like perfect casting for. Now, I would say mm. that like Trixie like has a very sort of like specific wheelhouse in terms of like a presenting style. And I felt like it maybe didn't like there was a couple of like sort of drag race-esque jokes that she made. And like at one point yeah. the Boulay brothers were like, are we fucking doing that? And she was like mortified. I was like, no, I'm sorry. And I was like, good. But like, Orville <laughs> Peck though, what a, what a beautiful, mysterious man. What a beautiful and mysterious yeah, man. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's all we have to say yeah. and actually he'd be a great per- like that back to Canada someone should have done Orville Peck on that runway that would have been a fantastic it would have been you know icon to yeah. do um, but on the, in in this movie world being created by La Zavaleta and, and Dali I would 100% see Sigourney Beaver like owning whatever brothel exists in that world I loved this mm. look and I loved the performance and what I liked the most about it was her ability to kind of switch from this sort of like more reserved kind of like full dress wearing character into the like more kind of like showgirl kind of gold thing I like I I think she is a phenomenal performer the more I see of her the more I'm like I would I would buy tickets to your show yeah uh, the, my only issue was I guess I didn't necessarily see 
what the first one was like a cowgirl look and the second one was like alien performer but that from it's just purely on the brief i wasn't entirely sure what each of them was but the performance i could definitely see her like doing that in a sort of alien saloon and you know just really just yeah it was just fantastic such a oh, such a high level yeah. of fant- like femininity expressed yeah she she's mesmerizing yeah. all right and someone who was similar yeah, enough i thought yeah. was betty you know I, I don't think you enjoyed betty that much but i just thought once I got the Dolly Parton reference, I just thought the mannerisms were, was fantastic. Like, I felt it looked like a animatronic robot that's supposed to play Dolly Parton that kept sort of glitching. I just thought that it was that characterization that I thought was fantastic with it. So here's my thing, is that I think that the editors did her a favor in the way they presented her performance by amplifying the glitching, by putting it in time with the music and by actually doing some of the shuddering stuff. Mm. Like I liked, first of all, I think that if you're going to like do this, like if like she should have had like an application on for the eye or, you know, kind of something to make the the like it, it would have felt bigger or better if if there had been sort of like some kind of a what's that thing called the prosthetics the the crazy what's that style oh my god no like books are always like the clockwork crap is all happening in it you know oh you know what i'm talking about the word in my head is just animatronic that's all that keeps coming into my head (laughs) but i do know with like the cogs and everything and uh yeah this is going to annoy me i'll I'll remember it like um yeah steampunk that's it steampunk like i think that like had she like made some kind of like a steampunk application type thing on the face to bring the the like the, the 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 metallic eye thing out a bit more i might have been a bit more like I thought that she's a great performer I think that she I loved the kind of like manic grin in her face and like all of the rest of it was great but there was just something about it that I was like you've been favored here by the edit to look better like I think without what they showed like without manipulating it the way they showed it it probably would have been a lot less interesting to look at but the judges still put her top so the, and like they don't get to see the edit we do so I think you know it probably just showed her in a yeah, like they captured the best parts of a good performance because they would have seen it in the room. I do agree. The makeup was a bit face painty, was a bit going to the country fair yeah. with your family. But like I said, the characterization really made up for me. And again, I could see her as like a non-playing character in the world of Liz Avaletta and Dali, where she's like, can you go fetch this person from that tavern for me? <laughs> and then shoots himself in the head or something like that. And like, I just thought. Yeah. <laughs> <It was fun. laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. We'll give her that. My, my top of the week, though, my winner was, was Hozo. I thought I loved this cactus machine Oh, my gun. God. I thought, what a fantastic merging of the concepts. I didn't. You were live. living. <laughs> I'm not gagging. I was not living. I, mean, I'm I was not dying. Time. I was not living. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no, I, I like. I thought it was spectacular, but I was distracted by how much the like hand application things looked like lobster claws, okay. um, and like the I. There was elements of it I absolutely loved. I thought the headpiece was gorgeous. The makeup was amazing. I loved the fact that like the chaps were on and that like kind of that the legs are painted green and it kind of like had this like creepy sexual element to it, even though it was like a cactus you were looking at. Mm. The the hand things though, for me, I thought like brought it too far into like they made it too sort of cartoony or something. Um, but 
Yeah, that it's the ha- it was the hand things that the, like the glove things that sort of brought it to a place where I like was like, oh, you were so nearly amazing, but this I just am not enjoying. No, I was able to get over the hands, and I think it was cartoony, but I think that is her style. It is sort of like manga, you know, machine gun cactus. Yeah, I was I was here for. I was surprised she was safe because. I loved it so much. That's currently dating yeah. Megan uh, Megan Fox's <laughs> machine, machine gun cactus. <laughs> Do you see the judges' uh, point when they say that Jade might be suffering from the "I'm not a monster" syndrome? A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. But I, I think it's like it's demonstrated in a couple of ways. Of like every week now, there's been like a thing full of like some kind of like guts or glore or like maggots so it's kind of like here i am dressed all pretty i'm gonna throw shit in myself so mm. that i look dirty and it's like well actually no it's a bit it's more like if you look at like dali or Zavaleta, like it, it's more kind of like bring the character out from inside you and i do think that she has like i actually think that she has like a like because she's got this like girlish beauty queen kind of element to her i actually think that she should lean more heavily into that because there's something very unnerving about a kind of like a hyper girly, hyper feminine person who's like behaving in a way or like, you know, wh- you know, so I, I think that, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying everything she's bringing, but I think that she's also maybe too aware. Like, I think she's too bringing too much of her drag race baggage with her to, to, to put it succinctly. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to see where the judges are are expecting that as well. Like they're looking at her from a lens of a former Rue girl, I think too, which is possibly why they, they said that. But yeah, like I feel she's the one we've got, like if we didn't already know her from another show, I'd know her the least. Like we hardly ever get to see her. She's always been safe. She doesn't really get a critique. Um, and it's disappointing because I want to hear what they want to say and I want to see her do well. I do think this was, this deserved her to be in the bottom three. I'm surprised she wasn't there. Yeah. I, I also think that, um, like going back to like the I'm not a monster syndrome like I think she's also there for a bit of like image rehabilitation or whatever Mm. it is and she she is like every time you see her in a talking head or every time you see her like she's always being super positive and super nice and super whatever but it's like no Jade Jolie was a bitch like Jade Jolie was like was was like was shady and cunty and like you can be shady and cunty but still like as long as you're doing it in a respectful or fun way like that's like and I kind of think that we want some more of that like that more of that bite Whereas I, I feel like there's a little bit of her that's kind of, I need to be Miss Congeniality in Dragry, in Dragula. This is how I'm going to change people's perception of me by showing them my artistry, but also that I'm a lovely person. Yeah. And it's like, well, lovely people I don't win I get that, Dragula. though. I get why she, well, Landon was lovely. I guess why she wants to do that, though. Like, that's true, it, yeah. from the Fifi O'Hara model to the Roxy Andrews model, she was going on the Roxy Andrews model. She's like, I'm here and I'm not a bitch anymore. And I think... I could see why yeah. she wants to do that. Like, I imagine, you know, the hate that she can get for being negative. And she doesn't even need to be the cunt because she'd be fighting for the biggest cunt in the lineup because there's a lot of bitchiness and cattiness and unnecessary meanness. Like, you see a bit of the tiff between her and, is it Mary? Where, like, on the couch in the untucked area. Yeah. Um, and I think she's, yeah, I think I think she's, I think she's being more more authentic being the person she is now. That, that It reads more authentic to me than it did in season five. And I guess it's just in the talking, maybe in the talking heads, because she's done this before, she's not, like, she's choosing not to give, like, like, she's choosing to give, like, purposefully, like, not shady 
lines when she's speaking mm. about people so they aren't using any of what she's saying because you are right i feel like we're not really getting to see her and the only time we see her like really is kind of when she's being kind of like meandering around the, the room and then it was unexpected to see her being kind of like dressed down by whoever it was i can't remember because it was like really we've only seen her being like sweet and lovely and huggy and sort of like excited to be mm. there um yeah. but yeah I, I i hope that like i think that perhaps like getting kicked in the arse and needing to go through an extermination properly with the fear of going home and then kind of like coming back stronger because like they mentioned seeing her at her home club in, in Louisville. And I like have seen pictures of from of her and videos of her performances from there. And she is like an amazing performer. Mm. So she has those skills and I would love to see her like celebrated for them in this. And she does like do fantastic makeup, but she has like her stuff has all been quite Disney compared to some of the other stuff we've seen on the yeah. the the rest of the cast. Which is okay because Sigourney is is giving high femme as well. And I think there is a place for her. But I think I wonder has she not found the sweet spot yet of what she wants to do between, you know, femme and, and scary, I guess. I wonder if she's still trying to find it. Yeah. Coco, although I did think didn't do well this challenge, I think possibly unlucky in the sequencing of the episodes that both looks were piggy uh, or at least snouty. Um, I do feel bad that they're gone though because I did quite like what they were presenting I still think there's people like Mary who probably should have gone uh, over her but I didn't want Saint to go home so I was like okay this is okay collateral damage for me but in the grand scheme of things I would have liked to see Coco stay I love Coco I thought that she was a brilliant talking head I really enjoyed her like presence on the show Um, she was someone who kind of like yeah she didn't quite manage to bring her looks together in a way that they felt um, she didn't quite manage to bring her looks to, together in a way that they, they they kind of felt like polished and like they matched the challenge but she as a queen herself I think is really interesting mm-hmm. and it, it definitely was a case of collateral damage because it's like Saint is phenomenal and just had a bad week this week so I wouldn't want them to have gone home but I do agree like there's like Mary Cherry absolutely at this point I'm kind of going why are you being what what is it about you? Like, why are you scarlet harlotting through this competition? <laughs> no, we know how that ends up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, another good episode. Yeah, like I'd say, probably you know a six out of ten with the last two have been seven and eights, but still invested in them all. Still rooting for my girl Sigourney. Looking forward to next week. Yeah, definitely. Um, excited, and I think at this stage for me, Dali is who I am. I'm 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 boarding train Dally and hoping that they go all the way to the top. You're you're pitching your tent for. I'm pitching I'm pitching my tent for Dally. Both, you know, and not just because of his Twitter. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us here in the workroom. We are always uh, grateful for your presence here and for supporting us. So big thank you for that. We'll be back next Monday with the next two episodes of Canada and Dragula. If you haven't got tickets for our live show, head over to Eventbrite and we can hang out in person. And yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.